Hey everybody, this is Double G from the Fight Game Podcast and Fight Game Media. I'm sure Mike and JD will talk about our Patreon Fight Game Media Network Plus, but I wanted to talk to you about our sister network to this podcast, the Fight Game Media Free Network, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. But we have lots of wrestling content on that network. We have the Take It Home podcast with John LaRocca. We have The Wrap, our WWE-focused podcast. The Boom, our AEW-focused podcast. And Write That Down, which is about Japanese wrestling history with Fumi Saito and uh, Justin Nipper. But we also have other content. We have MMA content. And we have boxing content as well, pound for pound and in the clinch. So... If you want to hear more stuff from the Fight Game Media Network, search Fight Game Media Network on everywhere where you listen to podcasts, and you should be able to find us now. Enjoy. Brace for impact. Hey, now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined, as always, by J.D. by God Oliva. How you doing, J.D.? I'm well, I just woke up, so I feel oh. really good. I, <laughs> I slept 10 hours last night and I feel oh, wow. fantastic. Yeah, I'm so in the, great mood. So the show's coming out a, a tiny bit late, not as late as, um, yeah, you. yeah, no problem. So JD messaged me last night. So you guys had a, a, a meet last night and uh, you guys kicked some ass, right? We had a three day tournament in our wow. gym and uh, it was JV on the first day, varsity dual team on the second two days. And uh, it was super intense. We had a team from Tennessee come up. A team from a couple teams came down from Wisconsin. We're in Illinois, so we had, it's it's a real big tournament. And we had some people bail out last minute with the COVID. And last minute, we lost four starters, including a state a returning state champion. We lost we lost a kid who should be a state champion this year, and we lost two other state ranked wrestlers in our lineup. And it's a dual team tournament, so it doesn't matter how good the kids do; it matters how good the team does. Right. And we managed to squeak out three wins over over the number two team in Tennessee, over the number three team in Wisconsin, and the number like eight team in Illinois. And we it was freaking unbelievable. Like we wow. I, I walked in the gym like we're done. It's <laughs> over. We're we're gonna get beat. National ranking down the tubes. Oh well. And then the guy I, I I gave like the best fire up speech I could possibly come up with, and it worked. I brainwashed the little sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like it, man. It sounds like they kick some ass. You guys got a great team over there, and obviously you're a great coach uh, yeah, to be able to to get them to go beyond what they thought they were even capable of. That's badass. I'm part of a really good staff. So, um, you know, my job is just to kind of do the rah-rah stuff. So it was right. fun. We got some talent. Hopefully everyone heals up, and, uh, you know, hopefully this COVID thing doesn't kill our momentum, and then we can go forward. We'll see what happens to the – we'll see what happens to 2022. Yeah, man. Well, congratulations on uh, on a big victory there. I know you're real proud. Yeah, you texted me and you said that uh, you long, long, long night for you. So we're just like, yeah, we'll just look. I had today off. Today's New Year's Eve, and so I was like, yeah, we'll just push. So it's actually only going to come out a few hours later than it normally does. So that's cool. Plus, uh, we already had some content drop this week. If you're a Patreon subscriber, did yeah, I had the opportunity, and you guys will, if uh, you're on the free feed right now, you'll get to hear this a little bit later in the in this in this show. I had the opportunity to interview Steve Macklin. Man, that was really really cool. What was it like talking to him, man? I haven't got. I'm waiting for the free feed yeah. to drop before I listen. So, what was it like talking to him? Because I had a hunch you two would click right away. You both have like you both seem similar enough where you would yeah. get along to me. So, how'd it go? 
Yeah. So once, so once I, he seemed like um, at, at the beginning of the interview, he seemed like it was just, Hey, look, this is something that I have to have do to this do part. That. This is part of the press tour. We got hard to kill coming up. But once I, once I put him at ease a little bit and drop some military stuff on him, he became like uh, kind of a, like it set him at ease quite a bit. And it wasn't something that he had to do. It was a conversation he wanted to be a part of. And so that was cool. And to find out that he and I have, have taken, you know, similar paths to get to the military, I thought was really cool. We have a lot in common that way. Um, obviously he's a, a Marine and he was infantry. So he's like, you know, he's a bad motherfucker. Uh, me, I, I don't have that experience. I'm not a guy that goes around kicking doors in and, and looking for people. You know, I work in the medical field, so I have a completely different outlook as far as what I do for the military. But to see that we both had kind of similar paths to get into the military, I thought was really cool. That is really cool. Like, um, I like that's a big key. I think if anyone's listening to this who, who is a podcaster, wants to be a podcaster, when you're doing interviews, the number one thing that you because everyone gets so focused on their questions. I want to get these questions. Mm -hmm. I want to get these sound bites. The most important thing you can do is set your interview subject at ease. Right. Yeah. And make them feel comfortable. And you do want to throw a couple softballs out there just to kind of, you know, ease them into the groove of things, because you're going to get a much better interview that way if you can make it feel like a real conversation. Mm -hmm. And not just a way to, you know, uh, squeeze out the answers you want. So yeah. well done. I'm looking, I'm very excited to listen to this this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you very much. And it's also going to come out on, uh, it should come out on YouTube probably by the time you guys are hearing this, it'll be on YouTube too. So let's do it here. Check it out on YouTube, however you want to check it out. Or if you're a Patreon subscriber, it came out a few days early. So I did the, I did the podcast or I did the interview on Tuesday and it dropped on Patreon for everybody there later that day, um, ad free. So, so go ahead and check that out. Um, so what we're going to do today is um, on this show, we're, we're going to do our 2021 Brace for Impact Awards. This will be the inaugural edition. So what I would like to do, so I sent out some polls a couple weeks ago, and then I even covered it in my column that came out last week. Um, the, the readers and the listeners and the folks that follow me on Twitter and follow the uh, Brace for Impact podcast on Twitter um, actually voted and they made their voices heard. And uh, so they're, they're the ones that picked all the awards. However, um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk about who won and then we'll say who we voted for. Does that sound cool? I'm cool. Yeah, let's let's do that. So um, and then Impact, of course, they're doing their year end award show. And I'll be honest, I, I looked at their their awards and it's all pretty similar. So the people that, that voted for their awards probably voted in the same people. I think there's only one difference. Um, and then we had some of our own unique categories that they didn't have. So uh, which I also think is cool. So, Very cool. yeah. So the uh, the 2021 Brace for Impact Award. So we're going to start off with Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, surprise, surprise. I, I totally saw this coming. It was Josh Alexander. Um, who, who did you have for your, your Male Wrestler of the Year? Who else could it be? It's Josh Alexander. Yeah, yeah Josh Alexander. I, I you know, um, he was also my brace for or my um, my fight game media breakout star of the year. Where I, I was able to contribute to that column for their year end awards columns. And so um of course, I had to do pick an impact guy, at least one of the call, uh, categories, and you know, plug our show. So I kind of kind of did that a little bit, but um, yeah. So did you, his, did you see his Twitter page this morning? He had a match last night here in Chicago with Ruby Soho that he called one of his favorite matches ever. And he oh, really? A couple a couple clips from it. It actually looks really cool. He oh. ends it with this gnarly looking spinning tombstone, and because she's so light, it's it looks awesome. Neither of us <laughs> like neither of us are fans of intergender wrestling. For no the record. But 
I don't know. But, She's really good. He's really good. I'm mildly curious about this one. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of curious about it too. Look, again, I, um, I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling, but I can be turned around for certain people, right? Yes. Like, I, I can't stand intergender wrestling, but I thought Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard, each time they were in the, in the ring together, I thought they were great. So um, it, it can work for, for me. Um, but for the most part, I just hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that um, Kenny Omega would get more votes, but again, this is a heavy impact crowd and they all hate Kenny Omega. So he got, uh, he didn't actually even come close to winning this thing. It was a Josh Alexander completely. So yeah, well, heel. Yeah. Heel. Yeah. Um, men's match of the year one. It was uh, Josh Alexander versus TJP in an Ironman match, which also, uh, I don't want to do this. It also won uh, the category for best X division match of the year. So um, I thought that one was going to be a no brainer and a shoe in. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of a better impact match that I saw this year. The only one that I thought would come close was the Kenny Omega Christian cage one from rampage, but this was uh, I thought this was the best match of the year. Yeah. I, I thought that, um, um, th- this was my absolute match of the year. I did see Andrew Sinclair from Voices of Wrestling. He actually picked Kenny Omega and Sam McCallahan over it, uh, which which kind of surprised me a little bit. And that actually did get some votes. And on Impact's show last night, that was one of the matches of the year. Um, they that and they actually showed most of the match on their show last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this was a, a no brainer. It was, um, pro- one of the best Ironman matches I've ever seen. And I'm, I, I honestly don't like the idea of an Ironman match because you're really? ar- once you, you, well, once you tell me that, you know, it's going to go 60 minutes, nothing that happens up until that point to like the ending is, you know, is all that interesting to me. Um, yeah. So it's like, okay, if, if you tell me that I'm probably going to fast forward till right around the end, just to see how it ends. Um, and I thought the, the closing sequence of this Ironman match was probably one of the best that I've ever seen with, uh, you know, Josh Alexander had TJP in the ankle lock. He was up one to nothing ankle lock for the last 30 seconds. And then TJP with a couple of seconds left musters up all of his energy, all his power does a, does a, a, a reverse roll into a pinning combination pins him right as one seconds left on the clock. They go into sudden death. And then, uh, Josh Alexander hits the. It's the uh, the C four uh, pile driver for the win in sudden death. So I thought I thought that was fantastic. Um, I thought I thought it was a better. Fi- I thought they did a play on the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels finish, but I thought mm-hmm. it was this was better. Me too. Because right? the Bret Hart finish, he's got Shawn Michaels in his move, and he's walking back, and then Gorilla Monsoon's like, "No, you have to go back to the ring." And I'm like, "Wow, you wonder why Bret was so bitter at this? Like the, the character Bret was <laughs> yeah. always so bitter, you yeah. know? Like this was very similar to that, but I thought, and I'm going to credit Impact, and that's because I'm always hard on their booking. I thought it was booked really well. I think it was yeah. booked smartly. I thought this was this was a really good match, and I like I like marathon or, or um, Iron Man matches, whatever you want to call them, like Rick Steamboat and Rick Rude Beach Blast '92. That was a fun one. Like Brett and Sean, I think is awesome. You know, yeah. Uh, Angle and Lesnar, I thought had a pretty good one on TV. Although I'm pretty sure that one only went about 42 minutes. But and I never saw that one. I was actually checked out at that point. Okay. So, but yeah, I've heard yeah. good things about it over the years. Yeah. Cool. Um. So we got man. This one was a no brainer. I don't even know if we can have much to say about it. But knockout of the year was a uh, Diana Perrazzo. I mean, that one was easy, right? Who else is there? I mean, yeah. he showed up for the last like two, three months of the year and she's been fun, but, uh, yeah. I mean, like yeah. what's there to vote for? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, she was, she was the champ most of the year from January all the way to October. She went to AAA, won their title. She went to NWA and beat up on some of their wrestlers. Um, and now, uh, you know, coming up next year, she's, you know, looks like she's probably going to get the title back and even get the ring of honor title. Hopefully. 
I'm very curious to see what they do with her because she's been, she's been so dominant now for two years. Mm-hmm. What can what can we do to make things more interesting? And I don't have yeah. an answer to that question. I don't yeah. I don't know. Like that's yeah. going to be a very interesting booking challenge in 2022 because I do have a hunch that Roxy is headed to uh, Orlando. Yes, yes, me too. Uh, knockouts match of the year. Um, this one, so this one differed from what Impact um, had. You know, Deanna Peraza versus Masha Slamovich from Knockouts Knockdown, man. And I, I personally voted for this as my Knockouts match of the year. Absolutely loved it. It, it actually introduced me to Masha Slamovich. I had never seen her before. I had heard the name and I was like, oh gosh, that's a dumb name. But um, uh, it was a very indie-rific name. But then I, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it and I was like, wow, this this girl can really fucking go man she was awesome and uh they they tore the house down with that match uh do, do you agree what what did you think was better i actually like mickey and and diana okay because that's I what that was that's my what, favorite match of the year okay yeah so that you voted for that one i did okay yeah so and that's what impact had was their match of the year was uh was mickey and diana so and I, I, you know me i'm I, I i get into story more so than anything and i really enjoyed the Mickey Deanna feud, which I think is probably going to jumpstart again pretty soon. Yeah. Like I, I just liked it. I liked the farm fight. It was very, <laughs> it was very world-class to me. Like I, I compare on the show, I compare it to like that Simpsons episode with the which side show, but I was walking into the rakes. Like the first was funny. And like the third one's like, what are we doing here? And then by like the 10th one, I can't stop laughing. Like yeah. it was very similar to that. Cause it was ludicrous and it just kept getting more ludicrous. And by the end of it, I was like, this is art. This is phenomenal. I love it. And that, <laughs> match I thought was real fun. I, I just, I really enjoyed the whole thing with those two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought that was a, a great match. And I, you know, if you voted for this one or you voted for that one, I, I, was totally cool with that man. I either one was great to me. Uh, I just personally like in ring. I just preferred Peraza versus Slamovich. Um, I get so, it. Yep. Tag team of the year. Uh, Good brothers, man. They they so they started off. They started off doing pretty well. I thought they had a good match with the Finn Juice early in the year where they lost the titles, and then they had some good matches with Finn Juice after that. And I would say right around the summer, they just kind of tailed off for me. And I've just been completely disinterested in those guys. It seems like they've just been phoning in everything since they were told they can't go back to AEW. I, I don't know, man. But uh, I, I didn't think there was a there was anybody more worthy of it, but still. The, this is the skinniest kid at Fant Camp Award, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't have a tag. We don't have a tag division in Impact. We really don't. Um, and the Good Brothers just – I thought they – I thought their AEW work was much better than their impact work this year. Like, I think they phone it in when they're an impact most of the time. I really do. But mm-hmm. what's he going to vote for? Yeah. So, yeah I mean, they, I mean, hell, they had the titles the, the entire year. So, and it then I could have, I could have seen this maybe going to Finn juice, but I mm-hmm. think the last six months of their run here has been very phoned in too. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, I think that impact because you know they they brought in Finn Juice and that was you know part of like hey let's jumpstart this relationship with New Japan and I think that was a great idea. I thought they were really good champions, but they're like, look, we we're not guaranteed dates on these guys, so how can we continue to push them, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, we're so. And, oh, I said, and I think that some of uh, David Finley's own words mm-hmm. might have short uh, shortchanged him a little bit because I remember he did that Observer interview in August where he's basically talking about can't wait to go to NXT, mm-hmm. so. Why would anyone get behind him right now? He seems like he's had one foot out the door. And juice has been not the juice that I know and love. Like, I don't know, man. This when they came over, I was real excited. But oh yeah, it just hasn't worked out. 
No, it's like, again, beginning of the year started off great. The last, since I would say July, um, not hasn't, hasn't really been great with Finjuice either, man. Their, their matches have absolutely been phoned in. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, tag team match of the year. Now this one was pretty interesting and I don't think that impact even had a category for this. If they did, I, I must've missed it. Um, and the one that I voted for, I actually got it, but I thought that some people would have voted for a different one. Uh, Kenny Omega and the good brothers versus rich Swan, Chris Saban and moose from hard to kill, uh, 2021. Um, I want, that's one of my favorite impact matches ever. I mean, it was the debut of Kenny Omega in impact. Um, I think he got four and a half stars from Dave Meltzer. Uh, just an incredible match. No, I agree. This was my favorite tag team match of the year. And when, when you put, when you showed me this one, I'm, I, this is the first one that came to mind. Like yeah. I could not, I struggled to remember like real good tag team matches this year. I don't think we had a lot of them. This no. one was special. Mm-hmm. This one, you had two world champs from two different companies. Right. And you yep. had like impacts, heavy hitters. Yeah. You know, we got the good brothers. We got rich Swan, Chris Saban, Moose, like, yeah. and a world champion from another company. Like this is a match that should be looked upon as a defining moment in 2022, but this year or 2021, but this year was so batshit crazy that, you know, sometimes that stuff slips past the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was surprised that people voted for it. I thought, I honestly thought because it was critically, um, critically praised so much, the, the good brothers versus Finn juice match, I think from sacrifice, which I where Finn juice actually won the tag team titles. I thought was a fantastic match. I honestly thought, yeah, I honestly thought that would, uh, that would win um, from, because you know, a lot of the people voting on these awards are impact hardcores. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that one had so much praise. I thought that would win. Um, That one actually did come in second and um, good brothers versus rich Swan and Willie Mack from uh, gosh, I want to say September from victory road, which was another pretty good match, but uh, you know, I would say levels down below those um, came in. Yeah. Came, came in, uh, came in third place there. So, but all, all of, all of them uh, were, all of them received votes. There, there was even, I won, I threw this one out there, which I was kind of like an off the wall one, which was uh, an impact match where it was actually Minoru Suzuki's debut where Suzuki uh, Morrissey and Moose uh, took on um, Eddie Edwards, Matt Cardona, and um gosh what was it what was josh alexander i'm sorry i can't believe it was josh yeah it it was a it was a trios match from uh from impact and i loved that match and i was you know didn't get a ton of votes but it did get some votes so that was cool and a lot more people voted on that one than i had anticipated well i think that one didn't get quite as much love because that coincided with our um not a spike but our plummet in television ratings oh yeah so i don't think enough people I don't think enough people saw it and realized. I think that's what's hurting Josh. I mean, I'm, I'm happy Josh got that award, but I yeah. don't think enough people are, are getting a chance to really watch him do some of the best work of his career right now. Right. Uh, most hated wrestler, or I guess you can call it best heel, uh, was Moose. I have a controversial um, take on this one. Continue. Yeah. You know, g- give me your controversial take. Scott Demore. No <laughs> one gets more heat for me when he shows up on this television program. <laughs> I do. One, I hate his presence. Every time he shows up, I, it's gotten to the point now where I just start raging. Like, I don't tweet this show because I save all my takes for, for this. But if I was just tweeting Impact, I would do nothing but rip Scott Demore the entire time. But I, I am of the camp that I believe this is leading to an actual heel turn. Because, you know, since the moment that I will discuss later, it's been derailing of, of what I think should, they're trying to push down, kick the can down the road for the, the Moose, you know, Alexander rematch. Mm-hmm. And it's made no logical sense. So the only sense it could make is that Demore is a heel and the constant appearances on the show have just 
God, I hate him every time he's on screen. Scott Demore is my most hated performer of the year. So this was my attempt at some clickbait. Um, <laughs> so I, I put I put Kenny Omega in it. Think, and I thought Kenny Omega would win because I felt like Impact fans just hate him just be passionately. just be, just passionately, and they hated the AEW relationship. Um, they they could never give the guy credit, and so much so they didn't even want to give him any credit as a heel. So I honestly thought that he would he would actually beat Moose on this, but um, because the Impact fans, even though they they actually really like Moose, they don't hate but, Moose. No, but because yeah. they're they're getting into the the on screen character, mm-hmm. they went ahead and kayfabed on this one, and uh, and so, and Moose got it as the best heel award. Credit to the Impact fans for playing along. They don't do that. Often. <laughs> yeah, that's not, what this was, and not but falling for my trap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got, come on, you're listening to the show. You know you didn't hate anyone more than Kenny Omega, <laughs> except for maybe Tony Khan. Tony Khan, in the, yeah. In the year 2021, like yeah. everyone loves Moose. Like we were, <laughs> we we hated that moment, right? And yeah. we got buried. Oh right? yeah, we were buried for that. So I know for a fact you guys don't hate Moose. Speaking speaking of that moment, this one. I was completely shocked by uh, the best impact pay-per-view of the year. Did you, you did you read the notes yet? I read your notes. Okay. I, I had to like do a double take on this and I'm like, how? Yeah. Bound for glory one. And it, it wasn't close. I think they were like 20% above the uh, above slam anniversary. I, you know, I, I have no idea. I, people either loved the show or hated it. Um, I know, I know we only had a couple people that were on the fence about it, but I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was number four out of four on, on the, on the pay-per-view list. Uh, it, but it, it absolutely won. And I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's a terrible call. That's we, cause we did a, we reviewed that show and we were not like, take away the end, right? Yeah. Take away the end. The show was boring. The work was not very good. Like it, we said it came off like one of those impact impact plus specials, not a show you paid $40 for. Yeah. Like, if you truly like that wasn't no 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 so that's hey, a much better show yeah and so you voted slam anniversary right absolutely yeah me too i thought that was the funnest show i mean it had it had ultimate x which was one of my matches of the year it had another match of the year candidate with kenny and sammy callahan um i know diona prazo had uh, her match with uh, thunder rosa that was awesome match. and then all match. all the surprises that happened on that show with a thunder rosa mickey james uh jay white showed up that night so I, I thought that that was far and away the best impact show of the year. And I thought it was the, one of the best impact show in years. I agree. Um, so I, I was completely surprised that uh, bound for glory won. but Hey, Hey, the audience has spoken. So that's, that's the award. Um, I, I'm not going to go against the audience here and no. not. <laughs> um, so best impact plus special um, turning point got this one. I don't disagree with it. I voted for something else, but I'm cool with the uh, turning point getting it. I like Turning Point. I thought it was a good yeah. show, so I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good show. I think that um, Eddie and Moose, I, I, I dug that match. Uh, you oh. know, you had Jonah Jonah coming in there, and then, of course, you had the triple threat with uh, Steve Macklin, Trey Miguel, and Laredo Kid, uh, which was a good match. And then um, uh, Mickey James and Mercedes Martinez was decent. So um, I personally enjoyed um, Sacrifice that was earlier in the year. I think maybe that's more of a, a sentimental pick with me because Sacrifice had your fin juice versus Good Brothers. And then it had Moose versus uh, Rich Swan, which I thought was another really good match. But it was also our debut. So 
Um, I that was a sentimental favor of mine. That that was you know Jeremy Jeremy Finestone put us together, and that's kind of how the show was created. Was because the was because the sacrifice. So he, um, Jeremy is kind of the godfather of this show when you think about it. Like he, like, he is. Like you know uh, James McDaniel and Kevin Ely of the Boom. Uh, James McDaniel specifically give me all the credit for bringing him to fight game. Well, Jeremy is the creator of this podcast, so I always got to give him uh, give him some love, man. So. Speaking of Mercedes Martinez, am I a bad person because I was entertained this week by seeing all the upset Impact fans on Twitter? Oh, you're you're not a bad person. Um, <laughs> I, was, I laughed so hard. I haven't sent I haven't sent you all the news yet, but no, um, no, we, I just we, thought about it. For, yeah, for the Patreon, we we're gonna go in on that because uh, something interesting came up. I don't know how much involved on you probably had no social media last night, but uh, oh, so, no, some news came out. Yeah, some news came out. Mercedes Martinez and uh, Impact related news, which is not really big news, but it's pretty funny. So. Which I think you'll get a kick at. Oh, then I'm excited for the Patreon show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. Okay, uh, Forbidden Door Wrestler of the Year. Now, this was where Kenny Omega finally got some credit for his work in Impact. Um, was for, he was for the... giving us our highest pay per view <laughs> pay per view buys for giving us our best pay, uh, television numbers? Yes, yes. What a failure that was. Yeah, yeah. He they it was their best pay per view buy Rebellion that they've had. Since 2011, Sting versus Hogan, right? That that is pretty big. Plus, Hard to Kill had did some really good numbers. Slammiversary did some pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. None of the numbers have been released, but from what we hear, they're all very good numbers. But the only numbers that we that we actually get, right? The that we get on a regular basis are television ratings, which I know are flawed. And Nielsen is a flawed system. Some new information has come out about just how even more flawed they really are. Um, and I'm hoping that that changes very soon in the new year. But you know, his average rating. Uh, whenever he was on the show it was a 0.04 in the 18 to 49 demographic. And they have lost half of that since he's been gone. So they went from 0.04 down to 0.02. You lost half of your 18 to 49 demographic without him being there. But Mike, what did impact really get out of that deal? Yeah. There you uh, access TV. Absolutely loved Kenny Omega uh, being on the show. Trust me when I say this, um, but no. So not only was you get the best ratings with him, you had your best pay-per-view buys, but not only that, you take a look at the matches that he had. You, you want to go back and look at his year. It was a pretty historic year. I had him number two behind Josh Alexander, um, and he only came in uh, to impact on his off days, right? And he had the, the match at Hard to Kill, the, the trios match. They had another trios match on Impact, the Impact on uh, Access debut on Thursday nights, which was a, another really good match. Um, you had the Rich Swan match at Rebellion. You had the Moose match. And then you had the match at uh, Slammiversary with uh, Sammy Callahan. All five out of the top ten matches, right there. Um, yep, he, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, there, what what a, what a great year he had, and what a great addition he was to the roster for the time that we got him. I still wish that we would have had the Omega versus Alexander match, and who knows, maybe we'll end up getting that one day. I don't know how this all thing, this whole thing's going to shake out, but I, I loved seeing Omega and Impact. I know people didn't like this. Let's put this in consideration: the man has torn labrum. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe he's got a torn meniscus and something else is wrong. Andy vertigo. vertigo. Yeah. Vertigo. Like, this man put together between the, th- between three companies, right? Mm-hmm. Three companies, a career year at maybe 60%. Yeah. But you know, what did it, what did impact really got? Right. Um, best new signing slash regular performer of this the year. Tough one. This was a tough one, man. I, I knew this was going to be tough. So, 
the uh, Steve Macklin won, and I got to tell him that on our podcast in the interview that I did with him. So you guys will catch that. Did he? Did he know? He well, he liked the tweet earlier in the day, but I don't think he put it together. I, I he likes a lot of tweets that compliment him, but um, so I, I I let him know, and he was like, "Oh, that's great." And I was like, I do, "Well, I do too." So I, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna fault Macklin on that. <laughs> no, if I get a positive no. tweat, I will always click like on it. I'm like, yes, yeah. like I know so he, that guy yeah. likes me. Like. I, Absolutely. I, I'm not hating on the guy. Absolutely. Um, he does social media the right way, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I did get to tell him that he was very thankful. Um, he, he beat out W Morrissey barely. I think it was like uh, 43% to 42%. Um, it's fair. Yeah. And then, uh, right, right next to it was Matt Cardona and then coming up last was uh, rich Ellering. So, um, so I, I, if, if you would have told me it's either Morrissey or Macklin, I voted Macklin. I, I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah, I, I could see how some – if you take the career totality in, I could see the argument for Matt Cardona. But we mm-hmm. just haven't gotten the good Matt Cardona in Impact, right? GCW's yeah. got the good Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. We got Zack Ryder 2.0 here in Impact. Um, and I, But I think that's changing coming up here pretty soon. I I'm hope hold, so. Yeah, I think it's changing. I think that they're planting the seeds there, um, him, and, uh, him and Chelsea. So um, – and okay, so uh, this one didn't actually, I didn't actually put this out on a poll. I just wanted to get your thought. What was the best moment of impact in the year 2021? In my opinion, Christian Cage, Kenny Omega on the first rampage. It's the, it's the most watched impact title match probably since the spike era. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic match. It showed that Christian Cage still got it. It yep. was, you know, because remember people brought him into AEW. It was a big <laughs> Christian Cage. Why we bring him in? And it was a lot of negativity. And he has been nothing but great for AEW. He was nothing but great for Impact. I got to see live his match with Ace Austin in person down in Nashville. And I, I texted you immediately. I'm like, I love this match. It was yep. fantastic. Christian Cage is one of the smartest professional wrestlers in the game today. And I think they gave Impact in nice moments with a lot of fans. And it also helped boost the top grossing AEW pay-per-view of the mm-hmm. year. So, oh, by the way, Kenny Omega the, had the uh, number one AEW high-selling pay-per-view and the highest-selling Impact pay-per-view of the year, mm-hmm. for the record. Yeah, uh, well, and that's why in the Fight Game Media article that just came out, um, Wrestler of the Year, it was an easy decision for me. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Omega. Omega. Kenny Omega was my guy. Uh, although, uh, we all had different picks on that article, so go ahead and check it out, see what other people picked, but I thought it was an easy decision for me, Kenny Omega. Other people um, are wrong. Mike Gilbert yeah. is right. Well, as a guy who's an avid AEW watcher, but a guy that also watches Impact, I did. I thought it was an easy decision. So I agree, percent. Um, but um, yeah, no. So uh, you know, Christian Cage getting to come home was a great moment. I I thought that uh, just Kenny Omega, his debut at Hard to Kill it was just, pretty cool. It was pretty surreal, man. And just seeing seeing him and Don Callis come out, and then just kind of like that's when you knew that the forbidden door was opened at that a real point. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and you got to look, look at it in this context, um, you know, impact had been down and had been beaten and ridiculed for so long. And here you go. You got one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of the most respected wrestlers in the world um, coming to impact in that little studio and performing his ass off, not just not phoning it in. Like we have seen like the good brothers do lately, but he gave everything he got. Um, and then we also got to see, where Moose really started to break out as a superstar. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I had seen it for a couple of years, but the, the media just wasn't paying attention. And afterwards, like, hey, it was cool to see Kenny Omega come out. He gave everything he got. He let everybody do all their moves to him. And, and it was a great, great match. 
but really the star of the match ended up being Moose. And that's where people really started to say, I think Moose is the guy to carry the company going forward. And we ended up seeing that. So that's true. Um, selfishly, selfishly, when I put out the article, the Don Callis interview a little over a year ago and uh, Sean Ross Sapp grabbed one, cause this is what they do, you know, yeah. the, the dirt, the dirt sheets, they grabbed one line from Don Callis about Kenny Omega would have come to impact if AEW wasn't a thing. And everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. Everybody laughed. Sean Ross Sapp specifically, by the way, thanks for all the tweet. Thanks for the, the boosting me, SRS. I got a <laughs> yes. lot more clicks off that. I got my article seen way more because of Fightful. So thanks, guys. Yep. Um, people laughed and ridiculed Don Callis for that statement. That because like there's no way Kenny Omega would have gone to impact. Yep. Look what happened. Oh, and you know my another thing that really that came out of that that I thought was really great? Wrestling Inc. Right. Um, oh, ye of always wrong. They, they put out a, they put out a story. Yes, they are. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it was Nick Houseman or Raj Geary. I, I, so I don't want to actually name either one of them. Um, so, but whoever, somebody that writes for them, but this got through the editing process said their sources tell them that Kenny Omega to impact is a one and done thing. Mm. And they posted that and it's still up because every once in a while, when they say something stupid, when Gary says something stupid or Houseman says something stupid weekly, the weekly, I will, I have it in my bookmarks. I will just share the quote from that article that said that it was a one and done. Not only was it not a one and done um, for Omega and impact, but they, they ended up trading talent the whole year mm-hmm. uh, up until October. Right. Mm-hmm. We saw, we saw Christian cage. The last AEW impact crossover was in October of this year. So they started off in January. So you had 10 months of crossover. Oh, but one and done you idiots. Your sources are ass. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't believe in wrestling ink. They're, they're, they're not newsbreakers. They're better off just, you know, taking, taking news from other sources and just populating their site. They work very hard at that. Um, and they, they're putting out 10 to 20, 30, 40, 50 stories a day. A lot of them are just based off of tweets. So what they'll do is they'll take a tweet from Twitter. They'll put it on their website, create an article around it, both three or four sentences. And then they'll tweet out that article. Say, Hey, this person said this, but when you click the link, it's just, you could have seen that on Twitter. But that, that's their whole website. It is. It's um. It's a news site with a Z. It's like one step up because they do get inter- interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like one step up from ringside news, but not yeah. even like a real step. It's like like a half a step. Yeah. Ring. They're 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 a less sleazy version of ringside news. Slightly. They're yeah. like TMZ compared to the National Enquirer. Right. right. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more prestige, but not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually make a lot of wrestling news sites look bad because guys like, you know, fightful and, and, and Bill Pritchard mm-hmm. over wrestle zone and, and, you know, obviously, you know, Meltzer and Wade Keller and all those guys and Mike Johnson, they actually all work hard. Dave shares a piece of shit. Dave mm-hmm. share sucks, but uh, everybody else, they all work hard to, to create sure good does news. Suck. Yeah. Dave sure does suck. <laughs> but, you know, did I ever tell you why he blocked me permanently? Uh, no, tell me. I, he blocked me permanently because when, uh, when they, when NXT announced, that they were going to come, that they were doing Wednesday nights. He said, AEW, call down this problem. They made this mess themselves. Now they're going to be in trouble. And I said, this is the most ridiculous thing I've yeah. ever read. And I, he put that on his personal Twitter. And right. I said that on his personal Twitter. So he went and blocked me on the PWI Twitter. So I'm foreboding <laughs> from looking at PWI tweets. Yeah. PWI is awesome. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, a kayfabe magazine. Fun. I like that. That's fun. Um, but cool, man. So that's uh oh, we got what one more. Um, this is this is um the worst moment of the year for impact wrestling. What do you got? This was a hard one, Mike. 
there's so many things I hated this year. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I want to say the Josh Alexander thing, but I think I'm being tricked into saying that, like the Josh mm-hmm. Alexander Moose thing. I find that to be a trap, right? So I'm. it's really hard for me to say no, this, that is not it. But no, the worst moment in Impact Wrestling was when we they signed Brandy Loren and immediately put her into the Undead Brides. Dude, so you you weren't on social media last night. Um, I so I was not. I was not on social media yeah. last night. So we we were going to talk about this on Patreon. We'll just talk about it now. So last night on uh, on Impact, and it got tweeted out, and I'll show you the tweet. Um, they ended Impact the award show. They ended it with a a kind of like an after the credits Marvel type of thing where they they cut to the dark realm or whatever it was where you had Brandy Loren and Kimberly, the undead, the undead realm, yeah. And they're they're talking about how they've disappointed mother and yada yada yada, droning on and on. And then all of a sudden, Sue Young shows up and shoots lightning bolts out of her hands and murders Kimberly and Brandy Loren, and then exposes her belly to show that she's pregnant. And that was the pregnancy announcement for Sue Young. That's why she's been out for a long time. Um, and, and then they go off the air. So good news. Brandy Loren and Kimberly are dead. I think they're gone. That's what I think. Um, and also good news. Congratulations to Sue Young and Rich Swan. They're having a baby. Uh, bad news is probably one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's over jd he, I, he just took his I headphones had, off I, okay. I had i <laughs> <laughs> she oh. shoots literal lightning bolts from her her hands oh, shit so she's got similar powers to the undertaker <laughs> oh my and i can't even criticize it because it's been yeah. well established in professional wrestling lore that certain characters can in fact shoot lightning like in big trouble in little china yeah um great movie phenomenal movie yeah oh lordy all right well <laughs> i can i change my vote well so i think that your worst <laughs> so the worst moment or worst thing of the year i think on uh um it just dropped I, I was actually on the show last night where the the dynamite show and the boom got together and they did their year-end hook awards they named their award show after hook um and uh the it was the matt hardy deletion award um, which 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 uh, part of AEW did you want deleted? So maybe we'll we'll steal that. This is the the Matt Hardy deletion award. You want the undead bridesmaids and the Sue Young thing all to just be deleted, right? Boy, I hated the Susan stuff. Yeah, but wow, is this worse? Like, I don't know, man. I do think it's interesting you signed Brandy Loren because you know she was in NXT, wasn't very good. Yeah, and like you know her, but she's pretty. That's her best. That's really what she brings to the table. And then they put her in the undead bridesmaid stuff. And it's just like, well, now we have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. Oh, I, re- yeah. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, mine, um, mine was just replacing the, an entire episode of impact with Russell house. Um, oh yeah. That was stupid yeah. too. I, I just, and I, I think that um, they, they did it because they're like, Hey, nobody's watching. So we're just going to goof off for a week. And I they, I feel I felt like they threw in the towel and they just wanted to play and they're it's like oh you know we're just playing with Anthem's money so screw it I didn't think that was a wise decision they feel like it's a holiday so nobody's watching um, AEW Rampage this week uh, I know this is not an AEW podcast but on Christmas night did one of their best ratings of the year so um, I, I I feel tried. like because they tried 
and football was on. And I feel like that there's an audience, there's people watching television um, in prime time on holiday nights. So I don't feel like you have to throw in the towel when it's a holiday and they feel like they do. So they did it again this year. And then they just did it the last two weeks thinking that, you know, not Christmas Eve, but the day before Christmas Eve and the day before New Year's Eve, they wouldn't get to get an audience um, when in fact, Rampage numbers are up. SmackDown numbers are up. Uh, um, Dynamite numbers are up the last couple of weeks. When in fact, that is completely the opposite. There's actually more people watching TV right now. Oh, and by the way, there was no Thursday night football last night. Thursday night football ended a week ago. So they could have had an actual show and promoted Hard to Kill. They chose not to. They, they threw in their talent, had a best of show. So when I was working as a teenager, I worked at Blockbuster. Some of you younger folks might not remember Blockbuster. It was a store where people actually went and rented videos, movies, television shows. You did, you know, these little di- little things called cassette discs. Um, we had to work. You had to commit to work either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And at 17, I said, why? And they said, because those are some of our busiest days of the year. Because not everybody has a family. And I went, oh, that makes sense. They got to do something. Yeah. So when you have a, when you give up and your ratings suck because you've given up, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. Right. And it's very <clears throat> Bischoff-esque to play with house money and be like, well, we don't care. Right. You know, um, it's one of the more frustrating things about this promotion. I agree with you, Mike. Yeah. Um, well, we're not going to end on a on a sour note. Uh, we're going to end on a good note here. Um, we're going to take you to if you're here on the free feed, we're going to take you to uh, the Steve Macklin interview that I conducted earlier this week. Uh, it's about 15 minutes. So please enjoy that. If you're on Patreon, go ahead and stick around because we're going to get into all the news and we're going to talk about our, our wish list, what we would like impact to do in 2022. Now, uh, JD, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about Patreon this week. Shall we? Let's do it. Okay. So we're going to cut right into our, our, our Patreon commercial here. If you, if you're on Patreon, you don't have to hear our commercial. You don't have to hear our annoying voices uh, extra as we promote the, uh, our, our Patreon feed, but Hey, it's only $5 a month. So I want everybody to go to patreon.com slash fight game media and join our fight game media. Plus it's our, it's our premium subscription. JD, what is one of your favorite things on Patreon uh, that we have on uh, fight game media plus? One of my favorite things I like listening to on Patreon is whenever High Tension returns. High Tension is on hiatus right now with Justin Nipper and I talking about the best of Japanese professional wrestling. I love that show. But when I can't get my High Tension fixed because I'm a co-host, I enjoy Justin's program with Fumi Saito. Write that down. That mm-hmm. is the history of Japanese professional wrestling from a man that was there and lived it. And I don't want to call him the Japanese Dave Meltzer because I think that is not quite accurate. But he is, you know, Fumi Saito mm-hmm. is a man who knows more about Japanese professional wrestling than possibly any living person right now. I've had a lot of great conversations with Justin about plans they have for 2022, and I'm yeah. excited for it. So yeah. that's my favorite thing on the Patreon network. Right. So I, I happen to be a big fan of the Dynamite show with uh, Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins. Those guys crack me up. I just they're listened hilarious. to their sh- they're, they're great. Just listened to their show this morning. I also like listening to John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez do their 1997 Retro Raw reviews. And of course, coming up next month, 1998 Retro Raw reviews. But also you get bonus content from all of the shows that are on the free feed from Carlos Toro and Robert Silva to Fumi Saido. Just like you said, he is the Japanese, I guess, Dave Meltzer or Bill Apter, however you want to uh, categorize him uh, and uh, Justin Nipper and, uh, and so much more. Plus you get bonus content from us each and every week. 
Um, we, we do, we do our free feed here. We usually do the recap shows right now. We're on holiday time. So we're doing a little bit of different type of content. Um, you'll, you'll get all of our content, uh, our extra content where we're kind of doing the news. We do Q and A's. We do so much more. We just recently did a watch along. We're going to bring in some Patreon subscribers and do another watch along here pretty soon covering some classic TNA shows. So go to patreon.com slash fight game media, spend five bucks a month and uh, join in on the family, man. Uh, it's really, really worth all, all of your money there. So, Hey, uh, free feed, that's going to do it for us. Uh, go ahead stick around for the Steve Macklin interview and then Patreon. We're going to hit you up here in just a minute. Hey, now it's brace for impact. And I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, a, a brace for impact favorite. we got Steve Macklin from impact wrestling. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great, man. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, our, the listeners of this show know how big of a fan I am of yours. Um, and you can see Steve Macklin as he takes on Trey Miguel for the X Division title at Hard to Kill on January 8th at the factory in Dallas, Texas. Tickets are on sale, but it looks like, uh, according to social media, they are almost sold out. So get them while you can. Uh, they're priced as low as 13 bucks. I just checked today. So they are still available. So get them. Let's sell that sucker out. Um, so, Steve, let's let's first of all, let's go ahead and get into your match with Trey Miguel, man. How how much are you looking forward to this match coming up at Hard to Kill? I'm highly looking forward to it. I uh, finally get the chance to get on uh, one-on-one with Trey. And uh, I know we've been in and out with triple threats here and there and finally get the actual match that I want and I think I deserve. Yeah, I, I think that you've been deserving of the match for a long time. I know you guys had a, a multiple person at uh, Bound for Glory. You had another multiple person at, at Turning Point. And it seems like that uh, you guys have been destined for a long time with a one-on-one match. In fact, you guys had one last year. I believe it was on BTI where it went to a, a no contest. And that was a really great match. It was kind of like a little bit of a teaser for Hard to Kill. Uh, what kind of strategy are you going to go into in this match? Uh, I think I have the upper hand uh, like I have in most matches. Uh, I am the middleman of X division where it's the unknown. I'm kind of in that unknown territory where you can either get the high flying or you can get that ground and pound. And if you want to high fly on me, I'm going to probably ground you and vice versa. I can go either way on that. Yeah. I, I really like the word where you fit into this X division. Um, the division has always been kind of a, a high flyers division and you can do some of that, but I I've always been more intrigued by the Samoa Joe types, the guys that will just beat your ass, right. As opposed to the other guys that are more flashy and fancy and stuff. And that's kind of where I, I see you in that role where you come in, you know, no nonsense, completely intense. And you offer something different than the, than the rest of the X division by being that intense guy. Yeah, and that's the one thing, too. I think the X Division has been that way forever. It's a hybrid like division where it, it can you can get all types of different like styles to clash into each other and mesh. And I think that's the one thing with Trey and I is we mesh very well with our styles, and uh, it's going to be a fight. I'll tell you that at Hard to Kill. Yeah, and speaking of Hard to Kill, I mean, what the hell is he thinking getting in the ring with uh, Steve Macklin at an event called Hard to Kill? Because, I mean, there's nobody more hard to kill than Steve Macklin, right? I know. You know me, uh, you being prior military as well and me as well. And uh, just we're not ones to uh, shy away from a fight. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, I do want to get into your military service. So I, I'm actually still active duty. I, um, I'm in the Air oh, wow. Force. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm getting ready to celebrate 18 years. I'm, a, I'm an E7 Master Sergeant in the Air Force. And I, uh, I just did a uh, – I was the keynote speaker at a promotion ceremony. We had some airmen that were getting promoted from E4 to E5, from first senior airman to staff sergeant. And so I, I did the speech there, and I used your part of your ribbon chaser promo, which I absolutely loved. 
um, you know, and kind of just talked about, hey, don't be that type of guy. You know, you got people that that are counting on you that you're leading now. Young airmen that are going to look up to you. Don't be the guy that's chasing the ribbon. You know, look to be the guy that's going to lead them and guide them to places that they need to go and make their success your success, essentially, is what I was trying to get at. You know, we're. Yeah. Talk, talk about that promo because I know my, me and a a friend of mine named BQ were both air force guys. We really love that promo. Uh, Where did you come? How did you come up with that? And what were you thinking when you were doing that promo? Uh, I kind of came to me, uh, Robert and I were kind of back there and kind of coming up with an idea for the promo. I kind of was like, I have this idea. I've been wanting to kind of get out there for a little bit. And it's one of those things from my own personal experience of dealing with bad leadership, uh, my time in the Marine Corps. And even with good leadership, you learn from both sides. And that's one of those things where you had people that weren't chasing ribbons. And like I said, you're a ribbon chaser. And those are the people that are just in it for a career, in it for themselves. When you are on deployment, you're there for each other. You're not there for the stack that you're going to wear on your left breast. Um, So it's one of those different things where I was like, how can I relate my background more into professional wrestling and Trey is a very materialistic person who loves his backpacks. He loves his shoes. <laughs> and majority of today's generation is that way where they all are technically chasing ribbons. They're all chasing that social media tweet or just that instant gratification where me, I don't care about the instant gratification. I'll put out what I want to say out there. And that's pretty much the end of it. I can care what anybody else has to respond to it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that right now in impact, you know, you're, you're one of the, one of the guys where whenever you're doing a promo or you're in a match, everything that you do is believable. Everything you say, I believe that you really believe that you're probably the most intense guy on the roster. Do you have to take yourself into a dark place to, to get in the mood for those promos? Uh, I never know. I don't know. I think it's just kind of built in me where I know when I have, when I have to turn it on, I know I can turn it on. But then I'm also a goofball. And behind the scenes, I'm very much a Marine. I'm very much a grunt, where if I'm in the barracks, I'm just dicking around. And at home here, I'm with the dogs all the time. So I'm very a homebody and very just down to earth. But when it's time to go to work, and I know it's time to put boots on the ground, in a sense, uh, that's mm-hmm. it's kind of time to go kick some ass. And I think that's just where my head goes to. That, that's so awesome. I, I, I love your intensity. I love what you bring to the roster. Um, so I, I did a little, I did a little bit of research on you. Very little. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this interview. So um, in your interview with Tommy dreamer earlier this year, you said that when you were uh, 20 years old, you had dropped out of college and you started working full time. And that's when you joined, uh, joined the Marine Corps, which is pretty funny. I did the same thing just with the air force, yeah. so literally, literally the same age. Um, what, what job did you have before you joined the Marine Corps? I was working at a company, Bell Security. My dad was trying to get me into a trade of being a locksmith. And um, so it's one of those things where I enjoyed it, but it wasn't for me mm-hmm. as a full-time gig. And I wanted to go in the Marine Corps at 18, and my parents begged me to try college. In 2005, Iraq was hitting off bad, and uh, just Ramadi and Fallujah, that whole entire area was just crazy. So, of course, watching the news, and my mom just tried, begged me to try college, and I did. Uh, and just... It, I wasn't for me. And I went with my gut. I went to work one day and I left at lunch and I went to the recruiter and I said, I want to leave this date, this date. I want to do this. I want to go infantry. And uh, that's, that's all she wrote. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's so I I have very, very similar story to me. I was, uh, I was getting ready to, to manage my own pizza hut and uh, they wanted to send me to school for pizza. Hut, And I was like, you know what? I went to the recruiter later that day. And uh, next thing you know, I'm 18 years later, here I am. So um, I think it was a wise decision probably for the, be- for both of us. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the world works, man. And how 
the ideas and decisions we make, whether you go off your gut and you just go off your gut feeling what you feel is right. And um, that's just kind of how my life's always been. And leading up to this point, even with impact, even making a decision to go to impact is one of those things where it just, it felt right. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's been a great fit for you. I think you're a perfect addition to the roster. In fact, I don't know that you know this, but we did have an award, like it's not, hasn't been announced yet. Cause we're going to actually do the podcast this week, but you won the best new signing for, uh, for our, oh, yeah. our little podcast here. You, uh, you edged out Morrissey. So congratulations, sir. You don't, you don't oh, get any, you. you don't get anything, but a nice tweet, but still, you still That's won. Okay. That's that instant gratification to Twitter these days. Everybody loves Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, you know, where where you deployed to Afghanistan twice, you and I actually just missed each other by about six months. Um, I was at Bagram. Where where were you at in Afghanistan? Uh, First tour was 09, uh, May to November of 2011 in Helmand province. Um, And then second deployment was Helmand. uh, Well, obviously Helmand province again, but in Marja of 2011, January to August. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do. So I was 2010 and then I went back in 2015. So yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty close. No, no longer there anymore, but that's uh that's for, that's for a different conversation. Um, what is the, what is the one thing that you learned in the military that you bring with you throughout your wrestling career? Hurry up and wait. Yes. <laughs> everything, everything in life is hurry up and wait. You can try your hardest to be the good person and do the right thing, be there on time, but it's on somebody else's, so it's just hurry up and wait and control what you can. I, I had this conversation with my three-year-old the other day where she was refusing to eat. And I said, listen, little girl, I've been in the military 18 years. I can wait here all night. I can wait here till tomorrow, but you're going to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, too, even like uh, with eating. You don't know when your next meal is going to be. So you just eat when you can and mm-hmm. you just don't. I don't know. That's just how I always learned. Yeah. So impact is uh, heading back on the road soon. Um, so we got uh, January 21st and 22nd in Fort Lauderdale, uh, February 19th and 20th in New Orleans, uh, March 5th and 6th in Louisville, Kentucky, March 18th and 19th in uh, the 2300 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the East I'm very area. excited for that one, by the way. I'm yeah. excited for all of them, but just especially that one, just because it's a bucket list of mine for uh, the old ECW arena. Yeah. Had you not worked there before? have not yet. Oh, wow. That's cool. And that you're, fr- and you're from pretty close to that area, right? You're New Jersey guy. Yeah. I grew up in Jersey. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to those tapings. It's always a fun atmosphere when impact goes back to the 2300 arena. So that, that should be a lot of fun. And then I guess another one that's kind of in your neck of the woods. I'm maybe, I, maybe I'm a little bit off my map here, but on April 23rd and 24th at the mid Hudson civic center in Poughkeepsie, New York, um, that should be a huge on rebellion pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm excited just to be in the Northeast. I think always the Northeast, even like the Midwest, like Chicago area, like everybody's got their own sets of cities and like each different fan base is a lot different. And that Philly and Jersey crowds are, uh, they're rough. And that's yeah. like a test to us in the ring where if you can go out there and kick some masks and the crowd's with you, I think you've done your job that day. Yeah, man. I'm excited for impact just to be on the road in general, um, moving things around. looks like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these facilities are bigger capacity. So hopefully we get a big turnout on a lot of these events. Cause I think that, uh, the talent's been working their asses off. So we, we need to get the people there in the arenas to, to show out, um, just a couple more questions, man. And I'll let you go. Um, so assuming you win the title with the, against Trey Miguel, who are you looking forward to defending the title against? Any and all comers, like I said, in the ribbon chaser, like that puts the target in the promo I, that puts the target on me. And that's the one thing of being the champion. And as I, I would love to, as much as I would love to be a champion everywhere I go and wherever I can hold the title, it's something you should be in the business for 
that just puts the target on you and whoever's there to line up. It's uh, the roster that we have in impact is from top to bottom. Just great on the males and the female side. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's so much talent. Uh, I know Josh Alexander uh, invoked that uh, option C for the world title. And I kind of didn't work out for him, but he was one I was going after. So if there was another top contender, it would be him. Uh, but the X division, if I can carry that brand and, of the X division and kind of run with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, man. And I'd be looking very much looking forward to you holding that title. Um, you have any interest in defending if should you win any interest in defending the title in other companies or uh, welcoming forbidden door opponents? Yeah. If that was to happen, obviously per impact that's on them, uh, new Japan, AEW. um, there's a lot of options out there, but that's on them. To me, I kind of focus right now on what I can do, and that's January 8th at Hard to Kill is getting that title against Trey Miguel. And then after that, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I think me personally, I think that you would fit in great in New Japan. Um, I, I There's a ton of opponents there that I think your intensity matches well with those guys. So just seeing you again, you against Suzuki, sign me the hell up right now. I, I would just love to see that because he's, he's a crazy man. And I, and I think you got a little bit of that in, in you too. That's the Marine in me. <laughs> um, so final question, which other match are you most looking forward to at hard to kill outside of your own? Uh, I know Jonah and Josh, uh, but obviously I have to go with the default by Deanna and Mickey James uh, for <laughs> yeah. the te- death match. I'm curious to see how that goes with the, with Deanna, with the Texas uh, death match stipulation, just because uh, it's a little out of her element. Mm-hmm. Mickey's been around a lot longer as well in the business, but um, I think both of them are stepping into a, a match that they're both not very, like, very, I guess, know of. Right. Uh, so it's going to be kind of uh, different. And obviously the rules are a stipulation on that where it is a pinfall and then you have a 10 count to get up afterwards. I don't think the fans know that. And I didn't know that until she told me what the stipulations of the match was. Like, oh, wow, that's going to be very interesting. So, yeah, I would say uh, for Mickey and, um, yeah, the whole card from top to bottom too. Mm-hmm. But obviously by default, Deanna and Mickey. <laughs> I, I for one, am very inter- interested in the match. It's going to be much different than the match of Bound for Glory, especially with a st- stipulation. Impact does things way outside of the box a lot of times. And you don't really get to see women in this type of match. They don't really get to perform in these types of matches. They're kind of pigeonholed a little bit with what they can do. But Impact is completely different where you got not only a Texas death match with the women, but you got an Ultimate X, the first ever knockouts Ultimate X match, which should be insane. Yeah, so girls are making history all over the place. Girls have it made right now in wrestling, which is good for them. Uh, it's good that they get that platform finally for them to have that showcase of talent because there's so much talent out there in the female uh, perspective of wrestling. Um, and, yeah, it's just – it's going to be – like I said, it's going to be a freaking card top to bottom that's going to be hard to – there's a lot of show-stealer options there. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, tune in uh, January 8th on Fight TV or if you're in the Texas area or you can travel that area. Get your tickets now. Go to impactwrestling.com for more information. Uh, I want to thank Steve. Oh, by the way, I wore this just for you today because I know this is your favorite wrestler. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank my, you. This was my Christmas present this year. So well, one of them, I got my Roots of Fight Hitman t-shirt on. So um, got, got to represent Breath the Hitman heart. So that's going to ah, best there is the best there was the best there ever will be. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, that's going to do it for, for us, uh, Steve, we uh, go ahead and plug your Twitter real quick and then we'll, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Yeah. Follow me at Twitter and Instagram at Steve Macklin, uh, pro wrestling tees and at shop impact deals as well for uh, Steve Macklin for my store. So appreciate it guys. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Well, this has been brace for impact and until next week, mahalo.